Hello and welcome everyone to the ASA podcast. Uh, this is a different voice than you normally hear. Ian and Harrison aren't with us today, uh, but I am joined by two very different people who are going to give us some insight into NWSL. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Ariana. Ariana has been helping out with all of the the previews and stuff and is kind of uh, one of our, our WOSO experts in the ASA space. And on the other half? Hi, I'm Arielle. I guess I am one of the other uh, WOSO experts uh, or people with hot takes. Um, I help with the season previews. I post uh, individual matches on Twitter. Um, just generally enjoy it. Perfect. So we'll, uh, we're, we're not going to promise a regular NWSL podcast, even though I know that the people, the, the, the hordes are, are urging for NWSL content. Um, but we'll, we'll do one and maybe we can convince everybody to do another one later. So we're going to go through, we've been dropping the season previews this week, which have been unbelievable. So if you haven't checked those out, please do. Um, cause there's a, I, I said this on Twitter, but I really don't think you are getting this level of analytical content for NWSL and women's soccer anywhere else on the internet. Um, and we'll go through and we'll talk about the teams and I'm sure there'll be hot takes and we'll go from there. So we have previously agreed. We are going to go top of the top of the table, bottom of the table until, and work our way towards the middle. We're going to give each team about five minutes. And hopefully your team is interesting enough to use the five minutes. So I have a timer started. We are going to start with OL Rain. Ariel, I'm going to leave it in your court. What are we saying? Uh, I just wrote one phrase here. They were good last year. They'll probably be good this year. Um, but post-World Cup is a foil. Uh, I think they have like the, probably just like doing some mental math here, they probably have the most national team players. And although they have like, adjust the schedule so that um, they won't be missing as many games. Uh, historically, like players come back from the World Cup pretty injured, and um, I'm not really sure they have like the quality depth to overcome that. So that's that's where I'm with, with on Rain. They really didn't lose any players in the off season. It seems like they're pretty much just trying to keep the ball rolling. Do you think there's a bit of a risk with, especially with players like Megan Rapino, where we're maybe starting to see a little bit of age related decline? Do we think that it might be hard for them to just run it back? You know, I don't really think, like, Pino is, is like, the key here, right? I mean, she – last season was, like, one of her best seasons, like, sort of historically. So I, I, I don't think she's aging in terms – like, there's a diminished quality. Um, I guess it maybe depends on, like, how much she played. If I remember correctly, after 2019, she, like, didn't play at all. Uh, she played, like, in the playoffs. So – like, I don't really think she's going to be the one that is, like, sort of the limiting factor. I'm thinking more, like, both your center backs are presumably going to New Zealand. Um, I don't really – who else is – Roosevelt will probably be gone, so that's, like, a really key piece in the midfield. And I think, like, last year, like, Roosevelt was probably one of the best players on the range. So, um, I don't know. I think, like, just the number of – the sheer number of players that they're going to lose is, is really going to be their foil. Uh, but if they come back healthy and they're only missing like three or four games, then maybe it'll be okay. ADC, where are you at? I think the Reigns' biggest issue last year was not 
meshing. So they really struggle to score goals for whatever reason. And I don't know. I, I can't even figure it out. Like they have all the star power. Their roster's loaded. They have lots of international quality players and then they just can't seem to put it together. So I'm interested to see if the world cup makes that worse because like Ariel saying players might come back injured. And, and that means that the lineups aren't, might not be consistent, you know, before and after, and also trying to preserve legs leading up to it. So I don't know. I think they're in a good place because they are returning so many people, but some outstanding questions from last season are still there for me. And I feel like they did like have a pretty inconsistent roster last season, even though it didn't really feel like people were super injured. I just felt like every, at least like the front line was, was pretty constantly changing. The back line was super solid. And um, for the most part, it was the midfield, but whoever was like starting was like, if I remember correctly, memory sometimes fails. It was like pretty, pretty different. each time. Yeah. Ohm, Ohm talked about in his season preview, which I highly recommend. There's like, it is, uh, he will blush from this, but it is very rare that you get that level of tactical insight and analytical insight. So definitely recommend it. But he talked a lot about how they were able to get consistent production, but more importantly, a, a consistent like defensive identity from their attacking players, even when it was sometimes you had Rose Lavelle as like a fake winger and coming back into midfield so they could get kind of players around. It, I think there's, I think the health is the biggest thing coming off the World Cup where if they can't maintain that defensive identity, that's going to be really, really hard because it's so important for them to generate their attacks off of regaining possession in the attacking half. Well, what about I'm the crossing? Gareth Taylor. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Gareth, go ahead. Taylor, Gareth Taylor shaking in his boots, right? Rose Lavelle is the winner. <laughs> At least she's not playing as a winner back anymore. Uh, what, what, about the, what about the crossing? Because I think... I think we have a tendency in analytical spaces to be like, boohoo, crossing's bad, don't do it. But they cross a lot and it works. Well, when you have like one of the best crosses in the league, I guess you can do it, right? Like Sofia Huerta can like serve them and from far too. So I understand why they stick with it. I mean, I think like as a viewer, I find it like quite boring. So I wish they would, you know, try some other stuff. <laughs> Just not but... she. Yeah, I was looking at this earlier today, actually, and she played in over 100 crosses, like, more than anyone. But more it's than anyone, more? I think, like, ten... <laughs> no, 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 like, 100 over, I think it was, like, 111 total, but the next most was, like, 100, maybe 100, plus, something like that. Got it. Um, but, yeah, she can totally serve them in, so it is a little that, boring. Yeah, uh, well, I think there's, like, something fun about like the scramble of collecting second balls. And I think rain do a really good job of collecting kind of the, the half clearances and stuff off of the Horta crosses. And I'm, I haven't looked this up, but I'd be really curious to see if they had like a disproportionate number of ball recoveries off of crosses. Like, I think that'd be an interesting thing to see if it's like intentional because Liverpool do this thing where, like they specifically are like, yeah, we're just going to sling it in the box and we'll collect second balls. And I'd be really, really curious to see if they do the same. Unfortunately, our time is up. So, Ariel, where are Rain finishing in the 2023 NWSL season? I have them in third. I think like they'll still be good, but I know, I know, sorry. I think like just the post World Cup drop off is going to be like quite severe. Though I will say, uh, it probably depends on how far some of these teams actually make it in the World Cup. Like, we are, I'm writing these rankings on the assumption that things will go well. Um, 
who knows? Ariana, where are you at? I have them number one. They're going to run it back. I I also have them at number one. I think that, yes, I do think that, again, we're not really going to talk about the World Cup so much, except for the looming presence it has over the entire league. But I think the way the bracket has broke for the U.S., I think, yeah, the the U.S. player distribution across the league is very, very important. Uh, moving on, last year's last place team, your uh, Gotham FC. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know where to start with this team. So take it. I don't even know what to say. They were very bad. Yeah. Period. I don't really know how <laughs> well to <laughs> I don't really think there's anything else to just like any other way to describe last season. They were just really bad. Like nothing what it was just and to be fair, like I think you could have seen it coming, right? Because the year before they like basically skirted by on like um vibes. pure luck and vibes. So uh, it was going to catch up to them, and it sure did. Um, I just wrote so many slow center backs, so many full backs, much improved midfield. And I think that, like, they've done a lot in the offseason to sort of shore up their midfield. They have, like, a lot of these, like, really nice creative players. Ellie Long's back, Ariana Sierra player. Um, so that'll be good. I just don't know what's going to happen defensively. It seems like a big – it seems interesting – the whole uh, yeah. thing is interesting. Like last season, they lost more games than goals they scored. <laughs> they lost 17 games and they scored 16 goals. So I their bar is so low. Anything they do is going to be better than that, I think. Look for the viewers. This is an audio, <laughs> this is an audio medium. If you could have seen our faces. So they they were bad. I I I feel bad because the coverage of that team is very positive, and I think they're broadly pointed in the right direction as a franchise. Like off the field, I think they're they made some mistakes and they're trying to rectify them organizationally. But there was one point during the season where it was like it's probably better for you to intentionally lose than to <laughs> lose by being this bad. I think. To me, the biggest questions that I had are, I don't really see why they've made so many win-now moves when, like, the NWSL is very different from MLS or from other leagues. Like, the draft is a legitimate, amazing way to acquire very good talent. You can draft a fourth-round draft pick, and she can play, like, real minutes for you. And so I thought it was kind of odd that they made so many moves to shift picks out. Um, but on the flip side of that, the biggest trade they make, moving the Michelle Cooper pick for Lynn Williams, I think they win that trade. Like, I think Lynn Williams is a superstar and has at least three years of superstar production left. And so I look at the other that in conjunction with the other moves they make, where, like, there's no way Betos can be as bad as she was last year. Midfield is so much better. And now you have, like a legitimate 1A attacker in the league. Does that open things up for Perth? Does that open things up for other people? Like, there's no way they can be as bad. Like, I only see upside. I agree. And I think, like, even if they are some degree of not as not very good or, like, 
in the avenue of where they were last season. I think that they now have a roster that's like building towards something that I didn't really feel before. I will say, like, I just want to make a point on the um, winning and uh, losing intentionally. Losing intentionally doesn't mean like not trying. It just means like preparing for the next season by playing kids and like playing players that don't get a lot of time and like making give, giving yourself more space to like make decisions. Um, so I know people are going to have big feelings about that yeah like it's it's not it is not a suggestion that players are scoring on goals or that coaches are like playing a 0-0-11 or something like that like this is not it's an organizational directive of like yeah we're going to make decisions that hurt our ability to win now but maximize our win total over the next five years or whatever exactly Uh, it's a good thing and I think Um, we'll talk about this with the spirit a little bit later yeah I agree. I, I also, something that like on that note that like really bothered me is that they continued to play, like after Ashlyn Harris got injured and then subsequently retired, after they still continued to play Michelle Betos when they had this like young keeper, young third keeper that everyone said was pretty good. They sent her on loan this season to uh, like the A-League women and she's like one of the best, apparently, I was looking at the stats earlier this day, she's like one of the best keepers in the league. So it's great that they gave her that space, but I wish they had given her that space, you know, in the league when they already knew that they weren't going to like do super well the rest of the season like arguably that would have been you know a, a better use of her time at least in my opinion um and, no and it, I totally it agree like, with that yeah and it seems like they're not planning on playing her or at least she's not gonna be the starting keeper this year because they haven't recalled her yet in the season, you know in like 72 hours so she'll be sitting on the bench again unless you know god forbid something happens um and I don't know to me that just seems like a, a really easy win probably I, your younger keeper who's probably I, quite good yeah, and I think this is not a Gotham specific criticism. Like we have seen before this season, like teams have not signed first round draft picks before, which is crazy. Like when we think about how useful an asset they are. Um North Carolina we, Courage enters the chat. <laughs> we we we've talked a lot about a lot about draft picks and ASA Slack and the value of draft picks in NWSL. So uh we are unfortunately at our five minute mark. So ADC, where are you at with Gotham in 2023? I'm going to have them in 10th. Ooh, okay. Spicy, Ariel, I know. I also have them in 10th. Yeah, we're in the same boat. I just Maybe not they, spicy. Like, they not spicy. I, I just think they can't get past the defense, though. Yeah, I, I like, don't even – I just want to wait and see who plays on that front. So I have them in ninth. I'm, oh. I, think, I think Lynn Williams is – like ridiculous. So uh, a, a positive one. So on the way up. Already next up, last season's uh, playoff champions, I believe. Uh, yes, they are. Portland Thorns. I'm going to start this one off because I have some spicy takes. Sophia Smith is such a good player. This is why you tank. To get this player... And so for me, like their floor is impossibly high because she's, in my opinion, the best player in the league. And I am so excited to watch World Cup with her this summer. My biggest questions for the Thorn, for the Thorns, are like, Sink is not who she was. You have a new coach. Are you going to play the same way? And how? There's a th- when you get players who are this good, it can become very heliocentric very, very quickly. And I'm very curious how heliocentric they get. I think something that's interesting about this team, and now that you said this, I 
when we get to the rankings, it'll look so bad. Um, I think what's interesting about the team is it, it feels like they're not losing. They might not lose a lot of players to the World Cup, but they're losing their like best players. And I guess that's sort of the like the best way to to sum it up. And maybe I didn't think about it well earlier today when I did this. Um, no, they're losing. They have seven midfielders listed on their recent roster, and four of them presumably will be out. And that is if Sam Coffey stays. So, oh, cool. so I just my brain just well (laughs) I I knew that and I also have Portland kind of high which I'm spoiling I guess but I don't know I'm sort of thinking that maybe they'll be in a good enough either a they'll be in a good enough position before the world cup or b they won't like everybody will be affected so it won't be so bad for Portland I don't know is that is that too optimistic maybe probably I just thought they were really good last season. Like, they felt really unstoppable even in their, like, down moments. Maybe it's just, like, this is why numbers are better than than vibes. Because, like, maybe I'm just, like, thinking about the recency bias and, and that they won the championship. And they, like, played really, really well in the playoffs. But um, I don't know. I just think they're really good. And they didn't lose a ton. I guess, like, Janine Becky is now out for the season, unfortunately. Um, I can't really think of any other. And Crystal Dunn will obviously play like almost really play a lot more minutes than she played last season yeah so, that's, I mean, that's they're leveling up huge that, like, that even i think is goes, oh, <laughs> after like her going to the world cup i mean i'm assuming like what if she's not going like she's still gonna play more than she played last season and when she was on the when she played for portland in the postseason she was really 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 good so that i think I is think the like good. the the huge boon that is just to me the the thing that i i i like wanted to move them down my rankings i was like because last year i had this thing when i would watch them and i was like i don't like my like coach brain or like whatever my eyes are not meshing with what i'm seeing in the data where like the data is like they're amazing and then every time i watch them it's like sophia smith is 30 yards away from the nearest teammate and it doesn't matter apparently um (laughs) And then I'm like, well, Becky's hurt. And like, there are so many players going to the World Cup and like new coach, if it's a lot of turnover and then like everything that's going on with the team being sold, like maybe that's a huge distraction. And then I just keep getting there. And I'm like, yeah, but Crystal Dunn didn't play last year and they still steamrolled. Like, I think they had the best expected goal difference in the league. By a lot. Like they got, they're just going to be great. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, also they they had they signed draft picks too, or like they presumably have this like really good fullback, um, who they Reina Reyes, Reyes, yeah, who's who they're trying to sign, who, who they drafted, and I mean Janine Becky didn't always play full, but she did sometimes, and so like that's that plugs like the Janine Becky hole. Yeah, her she's she's such a useful depth piece because she's so yeah. versatile. Like she can play as an eight, she can play as a ten, plays a nine, a winger, a wing back, fullback. Like that, I think is huge. I think. Um. Yeah, I I I think it's like pretty positive, as much as I don't want it to be positive. I want them to lose. Um, I have the thorns in third. I think there's just a lot of bodies out, and I think there's to me there are three teams who are like kind of a cut above the rest. Two of them we've talked about already. Um, so kind of they're all interchangeable. So we'll see where it goes. I have Portland in third also. Oh man, I'm the one with the spicy, spicy take. I have the winning the shield. Yeah. I respect that. 
I, I do it. too. We're going to replay this at the end of the season just to see if you're right. Okay. Uh, next up, moving on from the Thorns, we have the the newly rebranded to black and white Washington Spirits. Uh, Ariana, what's what's up with the Spirit? Honestly, I don't know. Um, they, they have a new head coach this year, Mark Parsons, who's accomplished in the NWSL and Maybe that will try to fix whatever went wrong last year, but I don't really know what, what, what went wrong last year. They returned so much of their roster that won the championship. They had Trinity Broadman, Ashley Hatch, Ashley Sanchez, right? The same goalkeeper, it, but yet they were really, really bad last year. And I think a lot of people chalk that up to the part of the season where they played something like a third of their season minutes and however many weeks and they just never fully recovered from that. But I, I understand that that's emotionally and physically taxing, but at the same time, it still doesn't compute for me. Like, how were you still so bad when you have all of that, like, all that talent on your roster? I just don't know. I, I will say, like, this is, like, sort of maybe, like, a psychological reach, but there was clearly stuff going behind the, going on behind the scenes. Like, the coach ended up getting fired for seemingly – doing something like quite bad um and sorry, their dogs barking in the background um <laughs> so I think like that sort of clouds my judgment on like how bad they possibly were and I also think like they went through all that sort of adversity in the season prior and at that point like adversity can only you know sustain you so far because um, they weren't quite good like before like they had like a one really good stretch when things got super bad. And then, yeah, which is a shame. Cause I, I thought they were like a really fun team to watch when they were at their best. Um, and even when they were at the worst, they were still like pretty fun to watch. They just like, couldn't, couldn't keep it together. There were so many, just like last second losses or draws. Yeah. And I think, I think there may be a little bit of a victim of kind of how your like actually is distributed like they were basically like quite close to zero expected goal difference for the season. Like I think minus two, um, but like they only put up 19 points from that. And like, if you look at all the teams around them that have similar expected goal differences, um, like if I look quickly, like the dash put up 17 more points than them with an identical expected goal difference. And like, we'll talk about the dash and how they probably overperformed a little bit, but I think they hit kind of the negative end of the spectrum of quite unlucky. So, and I think when we're talking about organizationally, like, okay, it's probably not the year we're going to win the shield and we're not going to win the playoffs. Like we have all these picks, like Mark Krikorian has clearly prioritized his college knowledge. Um, For a while, I thought they might do something interesting because I ran into him at the Manchester United game. And I was like, what, this is bizarre. Um, But I, so they didn't really end up doing anything with that, but I think prioritizing what they know from a development standpoint, where like Mark Parsons has been a pretty good coach before at like turning young players into pros. And like, usually he ends up trading them for stuff afterwards. Uh, But I think like, if they're like, yeah, it's a development year. We have young players. We're going to like convert a striker into a center back. And like, we're going to do all these things and see what we have in terms of talent. I think that's 
that can be a really fun place to be as a fan. Like you're probably not going to win the league, but it can be a really fun place to be like, oh yeah, they're like, they're trying and they're doing all these cool new things. Yeah. I think like at the very least, they'll be really fun. I mean, like you have these players on your team that like are just, I mean, I don't think we have words to describe some of these players that are just incredible, but then they like, so they also drafted players that are quite fun to watch and have a lot of upside. So I think like if it works well, it works great. Um, one question for me is like, who's the new center back? Yeah, this is like it's on it. Yeah, when I think about them, whether or not they're going to be fun, I think they'll be really fun in their attacking third, and it's going to be maybe painful in their defensive third. Um, a very interesting choice by Mark Parsons to trade Emily Sonnet almost immediately, and then decide that other players who were attackers are going to be center backs now. And I've said this before, but I think if that experiment works out, then it's going to look like a genius move and it's really going to be great. And we're all going to look silly, but if it doesn't work out, then it's just going to be like, well, we told you so. Yeah. Ariel and I had a really interesting conversation about this kind of that, that skewed on from, from that, like the press conference where they were talking about positional changes. And I think there's like, especially with these players who you've drafted and you've like used an asset to bring them in, like they're obviously talented. And so I think sometimes there's a thing where like, so like for full transparency, I coach at a university and there's a lot of times we'll bring in kids who are 17, 18 and like they've played as a center midfielder their whole life. And we look and we're like, oh, you're a fullback because your coach didn't know. Or like you are limited in some way or you excel in some way. They're like, no, it just makes more sense for you to play as a fullback. And so I think with players coming out of college, like if you maybe go to a worse school and you play center midfield because you're just spiced so far the best player for your school. But when you're playing with all the best other players, now it makes way more sense for you to be a fullback. I think there's like a lot of found money there, like ch- like change in the couch and the win- you put your winter jacket away and you find a $20 bill. Like I think you can have those moments. And so I think it's pretty cool that they're openly being like, yeah, we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, the reality is if it doesn't work, you like the player doesn't come back the next year because they probably weren't going to come back anyways if it didn't happen. So we are unfortunately out of time on the spirit. Uh, I have the spirit in 10th. I don't think they'll be last. I think Trinity Rodman will score goals and create goals. And I think they're going to have that like young team energy and like the vibes are good because the vibes have been bad for so long that like, I think they're gonna they're gonna make some stuff happen. I have them in sixth. I think like with the like the young energy, the draft picks are gonna pull like pay off. They're gonna be in the fight for the playoffs. They might just squeeze them. They might just squeeze out. Sort of depending on how things uh, like pan out. But I think they'll be okay. I'm the odd person out here. I have them in eleventh. I think they're gonna be. Well, I guess 11th is how they finished last year, but I think maybe Gotham, like I have my 12th team is different, so maybe the teams around them got better. I don't know. My vibes aren't as high on them as all as both of you. So Can I, can I also add one more thing that I, for, I forgot to add to this is that they're not playing at Segra anymore. Oh, yes, that's awesome. Which feels like massive. I don't, I, I don't think you guys have ever gone to a Segra game. I live that. And it was very clear that that was part I have. of the reason why and, the vibes uh, were Ma- off. Okay. Maryland so Soccerplex? Is that the other one? 
that was like the, the other bad like, stadium. The oh, old yeah, bad I've been stadium. there too. Terrible. So this is yeah, like they're playing at Audi place. now. That we're gonna play all their games at Audi. People will show up, so they'll actually have a crowd behind them, and they're not playing on like the worst turf of all time. So I think that will help them. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of cool coverage on like the little things they're doing behind the scenes just to to like maximize their all the like little things that you can do from event like somebody was tweeting today about like the new camera system they have set up for training and it's like it's amazing uh and like Wayne Rooney was like I wish I had as many staff as you do so I think uh, behind the scenes hopefully green arrows headed up John Scott's also their like head of performance now and so that hopefully means that they'll stay healthy Alrighty. Uh, next up, we have the oh, the San Diego Wave. San Diego Wave. Sheridan Good IML. That's uh, look. I got very meany with their preview. They're such a fun team. Casey Stoney is like one of the best coaches in the world, in my opinion, and in a somewhat. I think we get very much like drawn into like the best coaches are the ones who play the most attacking and like play like Barcelona or whatever. And she is very much not that, um, but she's pretty well aligned with like, this is how we're going to play to maximize our talent. Like we don't have a midfield that can pass. So we're not going to play that much. We're going to play long. We have fast attackers running behind. We're going to play long balls in behind. Uh, I think this team was super legit last year. I am very, not very, I am concerned. I think you cannot go into the season with Alex Morgan doing all your attacking where age 33, she's had like the best season she's had since she was like 26 for club soccer. And there's a World Cup where like presumably she's going to play a lot. I just, I, I would be very worried if I was a Wave fan. Yeah, for me, it's not even an age thing. It's just, like, in all of her seasons of playing in NWSL, she's just never had a season like that. Like, that was, as far as we know, an anomaly for her, like, club performance. Not that she's not capable of it, just, like, other things come up. So I don't know where the goals can come from. Also, like, Kaylin Sheridan will be gone for the World Cup. Carly Telford just retired, so they'll be playing, like, a new keeper, unless they're signing someone. Um, so questions there during the World Cup. Um yeah, midfield will continue to be vibes only. Though they did seem Danny call Prico, so that'll help there. Um, yeah, I don't know. They feel like a really like high variance team, right? Like they can either be really really good or just things are gonna go real bad. I th- I think my biggest thing with them is that the floor is still quite high. That even if the goals don't happen, like I can't see them being bad because they're so organized defensively and like. Sheridan is so good that the game she's there that they'll be very much fine. Um, and like Naomi Germa is like, I'll put my hands up. I was like, I don't know, I don't think she's that great. And then she played a whole season. I was like, I'm wrong. Um, like they're super legit defensively. Um, and like even last year, I think they conceded, I think they had the lowest XG conceded in the league. And they beat, or maybe the second lowest actually conceded in the league, including penalties, but they conceded seven penalties 
it was like a quarter of all the XG they conceded in the whole season, which is just remarkably unlikely, but maybe not with VAR. Um, so we'll see. We'll also say they scored a lot of penalties. Like Alex Morgan scored what? She was going blue. She scored what, like 15 goals? I don't remember the number, but I I made a visit yeah, about 15. it. I don't really remember the number. A, a not small proportion of those were penalties. So 33%. Five of her 15 goals were penalties. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it it goes both ways, right? Like, they had luck on either side and with VAR. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, I agree with this idea that there might be a lot of variance. Like, they might be really good or maybe not. I'm kind of high on them because, I don't know, the vibes just feel really good. Like, Naomi Gurma's young and great, and Sheridan's really good. And I think Emily Van Egmond was a little underrated for them last season. I think she might've played every minute, but it didn't feel like she got that much coverage uh, in terms of like just the landscape of the league. Uh, Like this team was on top of the table for over half of the season in consecutive weeks. So that's a lot. Um, And I think they were really gutted to not win the shield because it came down to the last few games. And I think Casey Stoney is really going to want to write those wrongs this season and and try to make a statement in her second season. And I think outside of Morgan, they have insulated themselves against the World Cup, like reasonably. Like Colaprico is a really good innings eater who like her G plus for last season is really weird because if you look at just the total number, you're like, oh my God, she was terrible. And then you look at the individual components and it's like she had a really negative G plus shooting, which like doesn't mean anything for a center fielder. And her receiving was really bad, which means she's receiving a lot of backwards passes, which isn't really her fault. So if you look at that, it's like, okay, she's like league average or better at most things. Um, And I think like Rachel Hill is going to be really useful. And the one I'm most excited about is Jaden Shaw is going to pop off. She only played like 300 minutes last year, which is like, okay, small sample size, but like the numbers in that small sample are crazy. She like scored almost every game she played. Like she was, she was really good. And so like having a full season under her belt, yeah, I think like she'll she'll make up for some of the the misses. Um, yeah, I think it'll be good or fine. Like I do have like real big questions about the keeper thing, but they signed their draft pick, who I can't remember her name right now. It's bad of me. Um but it wasn't one of the top keepers in the draft, like from the, the draft people. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, UCLA's keeper. Yes. Um, who won the national championship. Yes. Um, and like Carly Telford, like wasn't great. So it's not, the backup to backup comparison isn't huge, but Sheridan is like crazy floor raiser. So that's all we've got. The Wave, I think, are a pretty simple team. I don't think there's... I'm super excited. Home opener, they're breaking... I believe they're breaking the attendance record, so that's going to be unreal. Um, Aria, where do you have them at? I have them in fourth. I think they might slip a little bit, but... I also have them in fourth. No no drama from me. I have them in second place. We go on. <laughs> They're cool. I just look, I just want to know where Casey Stoney gets her jackets. And I'm I do of, too. It's great. It's been a thing since she was in the FAWSL. Like pe- reporters used to ask her about it. So it's pretty great. Alrighty. Next up, we have Orlando Pride. Orlando Pride. 
Seb Hines, new coach. Used to be Orlando City B coach. Is it really new? Because he like basically coached all last season. You're not wrong. Just like with the <laughs> turn tag, right? The, Sorry, it, I don't need to like walk It carries a lot of weight. No, it carries a lot it's of a, weight. Yeah. He's confident now. It's real now. I'm excited about Orlando this season. I I think they've made some really positive changes off the field. And maybe for the first time in their existence, they'll be just like making steps in the right direction. I, my kind of attitude about it is that maybe those off the field changes will translate on the field. They have had so much turnover in the last two years that uh, their new GM, Hilly Carter, is like really trying to preach this thing about consistency in staff and players and just that mindset alone, I think will serve them really well. It looks yeah. like, I felt like they spent, oh, sorry, go ahead, Karen. No, no, go, go, go. I was going to say, I felt like they spent part of last season and then sort of in the off season, picking up lots of young players, sort of players that weren't getting a ton of time in other teams like Ali Watt, but then also, you know, drafting fairly well so it seems like they're about to start this like fun little youth rebuild um that it felt like that they, they had tried to start last year and then things sort of got derailed um due to external factors so that's yeah intriguing. and I think they're also so they had Aaron McLeod as a keeper last year and we were talking a little bit uh, about just you know uncertainty with goalkeepers in general and Orlando was playing her even though she's old and not very good statistically and now she's gone so I'm not sure who's actually going to take the starting job but I will put my hand in a fire that it would be a replacement I don't know if that's a spicy take but I mean the bar really couldn't have been <laughs> the bar is down with my hand in the fire like. like with all due respect to her I remember at one point in the season like someone said something that was like if this had happened on any other team in any other league men women youth and like you saw a player with these sort of performances like it would be shocking that they would continue to play um yes I, I will say like they her McLeod get injured at some point during the season and they played their second keeper and she was also not the best but she didn't get a lot of minutes so hopefully now that she'll have like um more consistent playing time it'll be better I'll give her the benefit benefit of the doubt yeah do you think so she'll be their number one Oh, sorry, Kieran. I think Aaron McLeod has retired. Just like I think she's like done, done. So it's definitely going to be a replacement. Yeah, uh, she went is... to Iceland. Okay. I think. Yeah, she moved to Iceland. She's like living her best life now. Yeah, nice. I actually don't know if she retired. Is she playing over in Iceland? I guess it doesn't matter. But it might. Maybe she just officially retired from Canada, and that's what I'm seeing. Oh, um, okay. I'll never forget the triple mohawk. I, I did that as a child because of Aaron McLeod. Um. I think they're similar to the spirit. I think there's like a similar youth movement. We have lots of young players. We're going to see what they look like. We're going to figure it out. Um, like Ali Watt wasn't the only one. Like they also traded for Haley McCutcheon. Um, or yeah, Orlando signed a bunch of young players. One of the draft picks that everybody's super jazzed about is um, Messiah Bright, who I think is, so I was a little bit less high on her than, some other people were but I think one of the things I'm most excited about is like she's exactly the kind of player that you want to gamble on because there's so much upside that like maybe you are getting a Sophia Smith or a Trinity Rodman or a Mal Pugh like or Mal Swanson like maybe that is the player you're getting 
And if there's not this tremendous amount of win now pressure, like you can live through the hiccups of her figuring out like, okay, you aren't playing for TCU anymore. Like it's a little bit different. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. And, and I mean, preseason results are, you know, you're never really supposed to put a lot of weight on them, but she's been scoring goals in preseason, like a lot. So it seems like she's, something is working. Uh, we'll see if it actually translates once the league sort of starts up this weekend, but I'm excited for her. I'm excited to like see her play. Um, everyone's really jazzed. I think that's a great way to put it. And Emily Madrill, right? Oh, we didn't she... even talk about her. What a player. I'm so what, bummed. Yes. She, wait, bumped? She's not Orlando. Bumped, bumped. I'm so oh, pumped. Bu- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am too. I'm really excited. And so I feel obligated to say this, but Tori Hansen was drafted out of UNC and... I'm really curious to know if she's going to get minutes at center back for Orlando. So I guess we'll see about that, but. I saw somebody call her fullback depth and I was like, I don't think you've watched this player. Oh my goodness. Definitely not. She's like a canonical center back, like good in the air. I think she, <laughs> she's clearances. We It's funny. Ian and Harrison and I have been talking about this as a theme this season on the ASA pod about how like old school center backs were like, I play long passes and I defend are like, you can still absolutely play with them. Like they're still useful squad players. They're just not like exciting because they don't like Mm -hmm. dribble past people and play diagonal ground passes. And I'm like, not super high on her entirely, but like, there's a place for players like that. And it's again, a low risk development option of like, maybe she does expand her game. So that I'll be super curious about Madrill. I'm always like the players who like sit out for a while or like it's kind of, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if she had growing pains. Young center backs make me nervous. Clearly. Maybe she'll be Naomi Gurma 2.0. I think Orlando fans would be very happy with that. (laughs) Alrighty. Where do, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like no matter what happens, given the trajectory of the team the past couple of years, like there's not really much, like the ceiling is su- like any growth is going to be really great. So I'm excited to see sort of what, what goes on, which I guess kind of like leads into where we think they're going to land. Um, I have them in nine. Uh, I think like that's probably a fair spot to put them. Like they'll actually wait, what place did they come in last season? Did I just like rank them lower? Uh, I think they came ninth last year. Okay, so I have the mess the same. Maybe that's a little mean, but I think with a little variance, they can. Okay, so they're going to be a little bit better, but I also think like with some variance, they can they can reach up there a little bit. I have them in eighth, so not quite making the playoffs, but I would love if Orlando made the playoffs. Never forget the best ASA title that ever happened. Orlando, not again. Ariel Truer. <laughs> Orlando, oh no. Orlando, oh no, yeah. Orlando, oh no, not again. Nice. My magnum opus. Uh, I unfortunately have them last. I, oh my gosh. I, I'm like pretty down. I, well, I'm not down. I just think like, I think they're going to be like the spirit, but I maybe have more faith in Mark Parsons than I do Seb Hines and maybe have more faith in Mark Krikorian in terms of like talent ID that if like an interesting deal came up 
in June or something for a European player or post-World Cup for a European player, that they could get something done. So, like, and again, it, it, they come, like, you come last, you have an amazing draft pick, and you stole Angel City's pick, who, like, we'll talk about later, but I don't think you're going to be good. So, like, that's amazing. So, we will see what it looks like for the Pride. Uh, next up, we have, I didn't realize they came forth, Houston Dash, who, again, audio medium, but I have my Houston Dash orange NWSL hoodie on. So, Houston Dash, where are we at? I think Houston might be good this season. And the reasoning, I don't know if this is flawed reasoning, so you'll have to let me know. But last season, they ended up in fourth, and they saw three head coaching changes. So I think they progressively got better from Clarkson to Loudon to Juan Carlos Amoros, who ended up now he's the coach at Gotham. But it's interesting to me that they were able to be so successful with three head coaches and all that change. And now they have Sam Lady, who's a longtime assistant coach at the all rain. So of course this is his first head coaching gig. So there might be some figuring out of things, but given that he was coaching under Laura Harvey for such a long time, I sort of give him the benefit of the doubt and say, he'll probably be all right. Um, although I will say that Ebony Salmon was like the, the bulk of their attack last year and she really overperformed her xg so i was joking that maybe the title of the houston preview i was drinking with kieran that it would be um what was it dashing toward the mean is that what you came up with so i think that might encapsulate what i think about in terms of this season for them yeah i was gonna say my like one word phrase for them was like hello regression uh because, like, not just Sam, they also traded for Deanna Ordonez, who also had this basically like, the same problem. Um, and they, they gave up, like, if I recall correctly, um, sort of a lot for, for her. So they have high hopes on her. Is, but, like, last year, a lot of her performance, like, was, was like, a pretty big statistical performance. So um, we'll see sort of what happens there. Yeah, I'm, I've always had a weird soft spot for Houston. Uh, and I don't know if it's, like, because they've always had a bunch of Canadians or what it is, but, or maybe I just like orange, but I have a soft spot for them. And I'm kind of in, I'm really curious to see how they make Salmon and Ordonez fit because I think, so like, yes, Ordonez overperformed a lot, but like the underlings were like not that bad. And the courage had like very good underlings despite being not a great team, which I'm super curious to hear your takes on later, but I'm really curious to see how those two fit together because like Sam was really good for Bristol City before and like it hasn't really hit the same way in NWSL. But I think there's something there and you watch and there's like, it's there. So I'm kind of curious to see how that fits together. I also think Jane Campbell had like a quite bad season last year. So we'll see if she rebounds in that way. But you, you've got a very eager face. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that the reason why Salmon hasn't really like Hit, hit like sort of the performance that people expected is because she just like didn't play at racing and then they traded her away and so she's really only had like when you think about it like half a season of consistent play so it'll be interesting to see if a full season sort of with this sort of get a better picture but you know she might be going to the world cup too so sort of she's, she's a very interesting one where her throughout her career her goal stats have like consistently murdered her xg and like it's always very hard in women's soccer because the minutes played for seasons is generally lower and like the shot counts 
because there's just not as many games. So I, sometimes you see those bigger um, kind of over and under performances. But I also kind of look at her and I'm like, the way she plays, like maybe there's she's one of those players who is like more open than like naive XG models think. Where like if we were looking at stats by XG or if ASA had tracking worked into the data, like her 0.25 XG per game is actually like 0.4. Cause that is where like you watch her, it's a lot of runs in behind, it's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, I agree with that. And she's also been playing on like historically like not so good teams, especially like that Bristol City team. It was like there are no words. Um and she was still like consistently performing pretty well. Like she was she was like a bright spot. So I think there is something there. Maybe she's just like one of those like statistical anomalies that she's she's really, really good. Which would be awesome. I'd be so happy for Houston and I'd be happy to like as a viewer, that would be really fun because she's great. Um, yeah, the Jane Campbell question, like continues my hot take oh man i'm gonna get in so much trouble for this is like maybe they should start looking for a new keeper <gasps> i said it i like, i agree has, so, I, I it's agree a consistent that. issue no, I, like i said this three years ago when i did my first ash preview i was like she's just not actually good it, it, she's just been giving given so much opportunity to prove herself and i don't know like surely and to be fair when they played their second key like their second and third keepers sort of when she was away Maybe it's like a goalkeeping coach issue because they also really struggled um, in sort of the limited minutes that they saw. But she's had like that, that like, and I understand there's like, you know, people really, she's really beloved. But I don't know, at a certain point, maybe you just need to try something new. Yeah, I, I reacted like in that way. But in reality, I agree with you. <laughs> um, I I think about this all the time. I remember last year for Backhield, I wrote like a mid-season something about the Dash right around the time when Loudon was, Loudon had taken over and, and the Dash sort of turned a corner and it was like, whoa, are the Dash good? And Campbell was performing really well in that window. And that's when we were all like, oh, wow, the Dash have this unbeaten streak that they hadn't had before. They're climbing the tables, all this stuff. And then Campbell regressed to her mean, which is not good. <laughs> and then, you know, they stopped being as good as we thought they might be so that's not it is a hot take but it shouldn't be yeah she, I mean, she's yeah. statistically been consistently like one of the either mid to weaker keepers in the league and after she, i mean she was like wasn't she like there like she, she's been there starting keeper since i don't know i don't know the year a really long time since she was drafted i'm pretty sure yeah and i can't remember if she was drafted like the first year of the team or if she it was like maybe the year or two after but she's just been given a lot of opportunity and I think at this point like having a stronger keeper might be one of the things that they can do to like improve the most yeah it's again it's very hard when you have a keeper who's very up and down to plan even tactically like if you have uh, like Sheridan is an excellent keeper but she's not very good coming off her line to sweep like that is not a strength of her game so San Diego don't play like that um like Katie Lund, who we'll talk about, has been is like the like just crazy shot stopper, crazy crazy shot stopper. And again, you can like play in a way where maybe you have a higher volume of shots conceded, but not a higher quality of shots conceded. But maybe you have someone who's very very good off their line that can come and sweep. Um, so that I think is is kind of an interesting one. I. I'm going to say that they're going to do something. They're going to be okay. And I'm going to have them in sixth, which is less than last year, but is not bad. 
I have them in seventh, so just basically at the same point. I think they'll just sort of be in that like race for the last playoff spot um, and sort of just see how it shakes out. Yeah, I have them in fifth, which is sort of my thought process was the same as you all. So. Next up, go perp. Hashtag go big perp. All right, I think you wrote this preview, so what, tell, tell me wrote, all your thoughts. I wrote, I love them, don't at me. Um, I don't know. I just think that, I just think like they last season, what let them down was just like good players that have the potential to be good and it just didn't pan out. So I think like, I don't know. I think if those players show up in the way that we know that they can and uh, sort of these new signings that they had also perform, I think they could be quite good. Um, And they also, I think like you really, the two like most important things in a, a team are like a really good keeper and someone who can score goals. And I think they have someone who can stop shots in Katie Lund, clearly. Like her first, I mean, it's one season. So maybe this season, I, I'll bite my tongue and something bad will happen. But like she, she was really good last season. She kept them in games. Um, she kept the games closer. Um, and she was behind like two, like honestly, like pretty terrible center backs. Like the Louisville, I, I will not name names. I once talked to someone about the Louisville defense and this person said like, there's no way that any of these players even like make rosters in the rest of the league and they were starting so far super low defensively and I think they've they've like clearly made um some big changes there like signing Abby Ersig who is like historically one of our best center backs by goals added um like every season last season was a, a down year for her and it was still like one of the best historical seasons that we have um I think like if Jessica McDonald you know uh sort of can score goals more consistently like she has in the past they'll be able to score goals they also sign other players who could, could potentially score goals um I don't know I think they just have like they, last year was there was a lot of room for improvement and they made improvements in the places that made sense like they had a really really smart recruitment so I think they'll be good at least they'll be competitive which is to me very exciting um I just rambled does anyone have any other thoughts no that was great I I'm also kind of high on Louisville. Um, I'm excited to see the Nigerian international they signed, Uchenna Canoe. So she scored something like 20 goals in 30 games, or I can't remember the exact numbers, in Liga MX Femenil with the with T-Grace. And she also scored so, like in half her appearances or something like that in Sweden over two seasons. So... I'm really interested to see how that translates to the NWSL. I know there's always like the discourse about, you know, one league and and these players are so good and then they need to be in other leagues and they will be doing the same thing. And it's really hard to tell. So I'm excited to have that data point of like, this is what this player did in one league and now they're in NWSL doing this other thing. Right. Yeah. I feel like we talked about this a lot sort of when I was working on the preview, because I, I know that people are very high on league MX and I'm not saying that it's a bad league, but I, I think it's a very unbalanced league. So when you're putting up like 20 goals a season on like the best team in the league, it's really unclear to me, like, like you said, like how that sort of translates and it, historically the translation from league MX to NWSL players are, are just like not quite as strong, even the best players. But I still think like if her goal scoring output is like a quarter of what it was in, in Mexico, that's still like a really big help for for Louisville. Like that will be a really big win. And you know, she scored like um, it was like half a goal per game. So every other game, every other game, like over three years, which is pretty impressive. So I think she'll be pretty good. They also signed other players who can 
who can score goals um, or, or create. I think they have like some issues with creation because Savannah DeMello was like their sole create, creator last season. I found out, I realized when I was doing the preview that she created like almost 25% of their shot creating actions last season. There was no other player in any league that like in, in the NWSL last season who even came close to that, including someone like Mal Pugh, who I, we like really attribute as like the sole creating force of Chicago. So I think like she'll have some help in some of the other international players that were signed. Um, defensively, they've like locked it down. Carson Pickett is also like one of those players that creates a ton, um, sort of def- like she'll create chances. She can also defend. So they'll have like some help there. I think they'll be good. Like, and I also think they'll be really fun. Like they have a lot of really, really fun players. I am like disgustingly high on Louisville. Yes, I, that's the I, way. Yes. We're so Louisville like, tr- truthers over here. Yeah. So like here's here's my thing. So to new, I'm like I am a noted Liga Mekis skeptic. And and she has a very interesting goal record over her career where like she scored like two hundred goals in NAIA or something like that in like eighty games. So it's like okay. And then like scored has scored a boatload of goals for Nigeria scored a lot in like a weaker league for in Liga MX scored in Sweden. So I'm really curious to see if the goals translate, but I'm very confident that like other stuff she does in terms of stretching a back line, that's going to open up so much space for DeMello is legit. Like I'm super confident that that's real. Um, And like the, the player we haven't talked about, who's probably my favorite Louisville player, but she like just hasn't, it hasn't clicked yet is Jalen Howell who is like, to me, if you built a defensive midfielder in a lab, like that is what it looks like. Just so mobile, cuts people in half in transition. And like, you can build so much from there if she's fit. But if she's injured the whole year, like I think it's hard to deal with. Um, I think Louisville are going to be really, really legit. Really legit. They drafted Brandon Martinez from Notre Dame, who JJ, who wrote the Gotham preview, uh, really, really liked. She was super solid for them last year. Like I think they she brought got in... released. No, she didn't. I think she got waived. I'm almost positive she got waived. Okay, well, <laughs> I feel bad, and they don't get any more plaudits from me. Uh, but either way, they they've added a lot of defensive talent and a lot of veteran talent. I think they're going to be so much better so much yeah better. i think i'm excited that you mentioned Hal because she she was really fun to watch in the acc and that clip of her being like i can't foul in the national championship plays in my head like i just awesome She's it's great. the it's the clip that i think about when mm-hmm. when i say her name it plays in my head so <laughs> i'm gonna drop i'm gonna drop the bomb right now i have louisville fifth wow i have me too sixth. oh my gosh with the louisville well, making the playoffs we're manifesting. I think that. they're gonna okay. make the playoffs. I think they're gonna like pretty comfortably make the playoffs, or like, they'll be in the pack. But I think they'll be like one of the first in that like chase pack to make it. Um, I'm so excited. I think they're gonna be a, a blast to watch. They're opening they... their season against the Dash, right? At in Houston, I think. Yes, they are. Yeah. All I'm right. pretty curious. I'm pretty curious to see what they do tactically because I think they have an interesting collection of talent. But I think we are out of time, so we can talk about that later. <laughs> Next up, we have. The the undisputed offseason winners, the 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 winners of the Dabinia sweepstakes, the KC Current. 
Uh, I am super excited for this season for them. I think, again, another club that we're talking about the doing the off-season thing or doing the off-pitch things right and how that benefits your franchise. They have built a world-class training facility and world-class players like Davinia want to come play for them. And I think we it legitimately cannot be overstated how much stuff like that matters. Um, especially when you were talking about a salary cap league, like they cannot offer her more and more money. There's a hard gap. Um, but those things really, really matter to players. So I'm super excited to see what's going to happen with the current. I think they have added more depth than maybe anyone in the league. I think they have insulated themselves against the World Cup exceptionally well, and that is including that they have a lot of players going to the World Cup. I think they've probably been, like, if if Mewis was fit, like, I don't even know how you can argue that they're, they're favorites to win the Shield and the Cup. I think Matt Potter has, like, an interesting tactical problem on his hand. Not problem, but, like, there's a lot of directions you can take this team that I think are really... Last year, I wrote this in the preview, which I will say you should go read, is last year they started out playing mostly back fours through the Challenge Cup, through the first couple weeks of the season, and it was not going well. They switched to a back three and went 3-4-3, and then they went from 3-4-3 to 3-5-2. I think it was Blair Newman, I really hope I didn't get his name wrong, wrote a really amazing tactical summary of how they defend, and I definitely recommend you go read it, but he came up with good solutions for the players they have. And so I have a lot of faith that he is going to do the same with his interesting collection of talent this year. Yeah, I agree. It's like plus one to everything you said. I'm sort of curious about like how they, I guess you sort of answer this, like how they get everyone on the pitch that sort of expects to start. I would say like some of those midfield, they now have like, you know, like a embarrassment of riches in terms of midfield quality. Some of those, players tend to be more injury prone so it might not actually be an issue um but i'm sort of curious i'm also really curious to see how michelle cooper does um i'm really she's gonna be bad because she played at duke so (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just kidding michelle cooper's gonna be really great even despite playing at duke i think yeah my biggest question for the current is how or how long will it take matt potter to figure out who not who the best 11 players are, but who the best 11 players together are. Having, uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, five start, like players in the midfield that expect to start Dabinia, Vanessa DiBernardo, Morgan Gatra, Lola Bonta, and Desiree Scott. So that's a lot of people. Um, and there's just not really a, a way to get them all on the field at once in their preferred positions. So we'll see. Like, I am convinced there is such thing as, like, too much talent on a team. Like, I do think it can happen. And I think I'm kind of curious to see if Kansas sort of, like, straddles that line and maybe crosses in a negative direction. Um, But we'll see. I mean, I think, like, they have a pretty, like, high floor. I think think Desi Scott is not going to play. Like that's, I think she has not been super productive, but it's like a good character to have. She also had off season surgery. So mm-hmm. like is definitely not going to play the beginning of the season. 
and then is also going to the World Cup where like she'll probably play most of the minutes for Canada. So like if you made me I think last year she played like almost all of the available minutes. And I think if you made me guess what fraction of available minutes she plays this year, it's not a huge number. Um I think I'm like pretty curious to see if they make a trade. Because like you said, they have a lot of players. And I think we've seen this before where like you you not have like excess talent, but like you get to week seven and this player just like has isn't playing because it's just things are going well. And whether that's like they move people for picks or they move people for allocation for like future budget relief, or they like maybe they package two players to go get somebody better. Um, I mean, this is one of those times where like, I wish we had a little bit more financial clarity into the salary cap mechanisms. Cause I think there's some really fun conversations to have there. Um, we don't know that, but I think there's maybe some interesting things that could go on in terms of transactions. I, I think something that's really funky there is like, we are talking about these, what, like five midfielders. They were also all free agents this season, right? Or almost all of them. So like, they're all choosing to be here and they've chosen to stay in Kansas. So if like playing time doesn't come, I'm kind of curious. Like this is the first time we'll ever have any sort of looking forward to what happens in NWSL when your free agents aren't particularly happy. Um, if, if that happens. So that'll be interesting to see, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think, yes, I agree. That's what I think. Um, I don't really have much else to say other than I'm just really excited for this team. Like, I think that they've done a really good job with like the, the vibe, not the vibes, but the vibes around the team. And like, they'll probably be as a Canadian who has no vested interest in any team. Like, they're the team that I'll probably watch the most this year. So I'm going to plop them down. I have the current coming second in the regular season behind the rain. Yeah, I also have them in second. I have them in fourth. Fair enough. I know. Although if I had to rank like based on social media, like Twitter accounts, they would win. Just put that out there. Well, I, I will say this. <laughs> I'm going to go on. A, I'm going to go on a rant for like two seconds. Talk about your preseason games. People want I to know. consume this content. They're the only team I've seen who are like, here's our lineup. Here's the game. Here's pictures of Michelle Cooper. Like, sh- like talk about your games, please. Because there's so much interest. And I know it's probably like one person and there's like a lot going on. But please talk about your games. People want to follow. Broadcast your games. That's that you just put like a little camera at the top of the stands. You don't need a commentator. Like a- yeah, no commentary. I'll have a great time. Like I'm still, I, now we're just like ranting about this. Like the Thorns had this wonderful preseason tournament that by all accounts looked really, really fun. And all we had to rely upon were like live tweets from journalists. That was, that's so sad. Like we want to watch it. Give us the content. Please. We need to make the previews really good. So we have to watch those games. Okay. Alrighty, next up, and I'm going to be harsher on our five-minute timeline because I've not been a good time judge. Uh, we have Angel City. Thoughts? Oh, no. I don't know. Uh, I hope Alyssa Thompson's ready to, like, carry that team on her back. <laughs> and I hope, I, I, like, good luck. I don't know. I think, 
I think they'll be fine defensively, especially now that Sarah Gordon's back. Yeah, Sarah Gordon's back. I think the, that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, like I, defensively, there's improvement there. I just, it's like, where do your goals come from? And are you comfortable relying on an 18-year-old who's new to the league to shoulder much of that burden? It, that's not to say that they don't have other really great forwards and, and sort of attackers that are able to do that. Um, they just either A, or like coming back from injury, are still injured, are injury prone. Um, that's like three of them. And then sort of like inconsistent. Um, so that's my take on them. I'm curious yeah, to hear they... what they had the fewest unique lineups last year and also had the fewest subs of all teams. So their injury list was very long every single week. I mean, I don't know if there was a team that had more players injured, like in total over the season. I don't even know if Angel City had their full roster ever healthy, barring those season-ending injury players, of course. Um, and so thinking about that, I don't know if Freya Kuhn is going to rotate this year. So if she doesn't, I think they might, it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't rotate and then those players get injured and then you don't have anyone else. And it's just like, you know, it snowballs. So if, if she uses the same tactics and approach as last year, I can see it being very similar. Uh, but maybe, maybe not because she sort of had more of a hand in her roster and now Angel City doesn't have that I think last year they sort of had a rule where they're not going to trade anyone and I I believe that's gone correct me correct me if I'm wrong it is okay so you know maybe they'll be more likely to send a player away or, or take a player in based on that but yeah it's hard to tell where Angel City will land uh, on this like substitution thing someone correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like that was also like the Freya Kuhn story in Gotham too is like she I really could just be reaching her. I think that was also the case there. Like, I think that might just be your thing. She has a starting lineup that she relies upon really heavily. Um, I can check after this to see if that's true. But I feel like that was that was the case. I, I wouldn't. I, yeah. Yeah, but, I think that's like that's also a function of like how they've chosen to build their roster. Like, they have a lot of like quite what we can guess are expensive players, um, and like. Christian press not playing like it makes it quite difficult to push your depth. Um, I think the biggest question for me is just like you cannot play Danny Weatherholt two thousand minutes again. Like you just can't. You have no midfield. So like Alyssa Thompson, jazz, super excited. She does so many fun things from like the eighty minutes or whatever we've watched so far. Uh, I think like I like all the weird tweener forward winger attacking midfielder players. Like even though G plus hates them, they will live in my heart in a four two three one forever. But like the two, the two in the four two three one really matters, or the six and the diamond or whatever. They just need a defensive midfielder so so bad. And I was talking with somebody about this. Like they haven't really. Everybody was really concerned that Angel City was going to come in and be like, we're LA. All the blessed players are going to come to LA for a discount because it's LA. Because that's kind of what happens in MLS, but that hasn't happened. Like they did it with the the first signing, but like none of the free agents this year really went like they got Katie Johnson. Okay. She's like useful depth, but like none of the big names really came. We haven't really seen like the big European player come yet. 
So I'm very curious to see if they bring someone in to fill that spot. That's my biggest question mark. I mean, surely some of this is just like a function of the salary cap, right? It's really hard to sign international players or like the best international players when like the team is limited in what they're allowed to spend. And then like, I guess I'm personally kind of curious how Kansas is signing all these free agents, but um, which is a whole different story, but I'm assuming it's like a similar issue, right? Is like they have a couple players who are sort of big, like they command big salaries already, um, so it, maybe it's just hard to sign the best free agents. Well, that's with Casey. Like that's for sure why they've made the Lynn Williams trade. Like Michelle Cabrera's not on the same timeline as their other best players. Like presumably you would have kept Lynn Williams. Yeah. Well, I'm very very curious to see what what is going to happen in Angel City. I am not the most positive. I have them in seventh, which is perhaps generous. But that's mostly on the assumption that I think they're going to do stuff in the summer because there's no way they can leave this roster for another year, I don't think. Yeah, I have them in eighth, so just about the same. I also felt like I was being a little generous. Seventh year, generous. We are remarkably consistent. Uh, next up, we have uh, Chicago Red Stars. Oh, boy. Mel Swanson, are you ready to carry to carry a team even more than you already have? Like, can her back take it? That's that's it. That's that's the whole preview. I feel like you can move on. I look, she does things. Oh, makes fun of me because I thought she was older, and because <laughs> she does things like an like a twenty eight year old seasoned vet team in my backpack. Everybody, jump in! Let's go. I don't know. I just don't. They didn't. They lost so many of their minutes from last year. There's so much going on with the team still. Like, she's amazing, but also, like, I'm not going to say she's not going to try, but, like, there's going to be a lot of players who have wandering eyes to the World Cup for the first three months of the season. And that, I think, is a difficult, a really difficult thing to deal with, especially when, like, it's going to be her first World Cup where, like, she's the player, I think. And if she's thinking about that and she's not being the player for you to, like, 150% capacity of a normal human being, I think you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I also think, think really... Oh, go ahead, Ariana. No, you can... I was going to change to midfield stuff, but if you have something well, on me, me too, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, okay, so good. Gonna... Wow, same brain. Same brain. Yes. It's just... Anyways, um, I feel like we're sort of underselling like the midfield changes a little bit. They have played more or less the same core midfield for like, what, like four, five, a lot of years. Like basically they were all sort of like drafted around the same time or they came to Chicago around the same time. And yeah, I think it was they six, were, like, 2016 and 2017 or something. Yeah. So it's like this, you've had like basically like, what, that's a lot of years, like four, five, six, seven years. So like together and they're all gone all, all all of them so that like I feel like it really undersells like where they're at and in their place they have like some college draft picks some players that got released and that never saw a minute for like not so good teams and one or two new internationals which actually is like pretty exciting um so that's gonna be interesting though do you really need a midfield when you have Matthew? It's a good question. I do think for what it's worth, they drafted well. Um, 
I'm most excited to see Penelope Hawking out of their four draft picks. Uh, she's out of Penn State, and I think technically she's a forward, so maybe complimenting Mal Pugh, maybe repurposing the midfield because they don't have anyone else. <laughs> um, but I think she's listed as a forward on their roster. Nonetheless, I think she's a really good player. Um, also, Sophie Jones out of Duke again. Boo. Um, she's going to be their DM probably. And I watched Sophie Jones a lot in the ACC. And at times she was invisible on the field. So I personally, I'm not that high on her. I think I'm interested to see how she fits into the Chicago system because I think she does have the potential to be really good. Um but I'm not quite sold just yet. But again, I don't think they have a choice. Like I think these rookies are going to get minutes. And if you're a rookie, a Chicago is a pretty good place to be. Sophie Jones is, I'm like pretty, we we talked about this, how like whether she mm-hmm. has big hair syndrome where like people identify her as a player because she has big hair. Um, but I, I and I, I watched like a little bit kind of before the draft where, I was like, oh, like maybe you could turn her into a six at the next level. And she's not going to be like a ball winning six, but like she's going to be collected off the center backs and turn and play forward six. And that I think is pretty interesting. Like Carrie Ricaro is there who like, I don't know, was not great for Angel City last year. Um, I, I, I think they had a lot of young players who haven't really played because they've had this group of like, 26 27 28 29 year olds who've eaten all of their minutes um so i think there's going to be players like like tatum malazzo who like played a lot last year it's like okay how much growth do you see there how much growth do you see from zoe morse um even ella like stevens yeah like zoe they have a... gone she was oh, retired oh she went to no brighton. she went to brighton oh she oh. wasn't renewed right is that what happened no, she, I think she just left. Like she went, she just moved. Said bye. I'm done with these horrible. She winters. said Brighton is a more beautiful uh, town on the water. And I'm always here for Bianca St. George, so maybe she will take less red cards this year. Um. All right, where are we yeah. at with with Chicago? I don't have them making the playoffs. I think they'll be in ninth. Oh, I have them in eleventh. I just, oh my I, goodness. But I Mal feel like that Swanson. Mal yeah, Swanson. but she's but like she's she's gonna be gone for so long. No, but it, and yeah. and it's just a question mark about like what happens when she comes back. So I have her in a, and like can I just say something real quick? I think it's a travesty that she didn't get MVP last season. Like she, if we are defining MVP as like the most valuable player, she was the most valuable player. Like that team was like mouse wants and do good soccer or like mouse wants and play soccer good yeah i think so she is your mvp from last season she okay. is my mvp yeah she was my mvp last season i was i this is no disrespect to sophia smith but i think is also a fantastic player and was wonderful for portland and so important i just think like if we are defining mvp as like the most valuable player for a team like it was mouse swanson far and away no question so I think they're coming in eleventh. I just think it'll be really hard um, when she's gone and sort of like the reintegration after. I also have them in eleventh. I, I, I think they're just like. To me, there's too much downside risk of like, 
she comes back from the World Cup with a calf strain and misses seven games and your season's over. Like, I just don't. That to me is the risk. Again, but I think they're another team where, like, they have a lot of kids, play your kids, eat a good pick, and have fun. Have fun for vibes. All righty. Our last team, because we have ran, this is a marathon pod. The end of cell fans are getting the content they want. ADC, take it away. Your North Carolina courage. No, I don't know if I claim the North Carolina courage. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I could not be lower on a team that I am on the courage heading into 2023. So this is with the context that le- coming into last season, I was pretty low on the courage because all of their dynasty players had finally disbanded, right? So Lynn Williams was gone. Sam Ewis was gone. Crystal John, um, Abby Dahlkemper, Jess McDonald, all of those players that were the courage. And then they won the challenge cup and I felt really dumb. And then they were on the bottom of the table for like seven or eight weeks. And even when you think about them having those games in hand, they still were not ranking very highly on points per game. Um, And, you know, and then the, they sort of flipped the switch and they climbed up the table, but then ultimately missed the playoffs. And this time, I don't think they will really be even knocking on the door of the playoffs. What do y'all think? Uh, I just wrote LOL RIP, like, <laughs> as my one phrase. I don't know. Um, like, they've never they've never survived without Dabinho, without Abby Urseg, right? Like, I just don't like, know what Sean Also, just, like, a high offensive, like, high offensive power, high production, like, fullback also. And now Carson Pickett's gone. So they don't really have much of a, a fix there. Like, I think it, it's maybe, like, a rebuild. Because they, they did sign all their draft picks. I think every single one of them got signed. Um, which, to me, signals, like, some sort of the long-term contracts, too. Which, like, sort of signals to me that this is a project. But, man, those are some big holes, like, big, like, shoes to fill. Um, and it's just like two seasons in a row now or three seasons in a row of just like massive holes with not much being done in the way to plug them. I mean, there's like Carolyn, right? Who's like incredible. They had Fukuno Nagano for half a season who was also excellent. And then she sort of shifted off to Liverpool, RIP. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm so sorry I... for your future, Ariana. I'm going to be the voice of positivity. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. I think they're going to be fine. They're not going to be great. They're not going to be great. They're not even going to be good. But they're not going to be terrible. I think they've drafted pretty well. And I think they drafted like Claire Robbins can play now. Olivia Wingate can play now. Sydney Collins can play now. I don't think they're going to be amazing, amazing. But they can play. Um, I don't think they're going to be great. I just think there's like a lot of teams who their rebuild is going to be deeper and the talent that's still there, I think is worse. Um, like, and I think Nahas has like done a pretty good job as a coach. Maybe, sort of, maybe kind of. Um, like they have good players. They have a clear system. They play soccer. Their underlines last year were like really good, even though the team was like not good. So I'm going to lean and say, again, not going to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be okay. I I will give it to them. Like when they were sort of at their worst, they were still really fun to watch. Like those like con- those like several games in a row where they were just like leading goals and also occasionally scoring. 
those were pretty fun. So I do think they'll be a fun team to watch. Fox is legit. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Super legit. I take back my statement about not having, like, a super offensive fullback. I forgot they traded Family Fox. I'm so sorry. I think... I don't know if they're like for like though. So I've seen a lot no, of, of them. Yeah. Okay. I don't think they are. And I've seen a lot of that on, especially like NWCL Twitter, which is, you know, you know how that could be, but um, people being really excited and kind of okay with Carson Pickett being gone when Carson Pickett led the league in assists last year with Mal Swanson. So I think they are, those people are sort of discounting Pickett in a way, not saying that Fox is not great. I think she is. I think she has a lot of room to grow and being in North Carolina will be good for her. Presumably. I think maybe that's why part of the reason why she wanted to be traded there. Um, But yeah, it it's sort of a matter of whether or not this team will click in terms of what you were saying, Ariel, with like the games being really fun to watch in one of the post game pressers, Sean, was Shawnee Hess was saying something like, I just love attacking football. And me too. I love to watch teams score goals, but you have to do something in your defensive third, right? So, oh, and also I didn't even mention this, but Casey Murphy had a terrible season last year, really big down year. She was, I think, brilliant in 2021. I thought she was going to win goalkeeper of the year. And then I don't even think she made the shortlist. I remember being very disgruntled over this. Um, and then last year she came out not good. So I, I'm hoping to see her go back to, you know, more on the positive shot stopping goals added side, <laughs> um, side of the spectrum. But if Casey Murphy has another down year paired with all of the other just uncertainty about the courage, I think they're in for not the fun, not the best time. The other thing I would say is that because they play so attacking, the variance on their possible finishes is very high. Um, so, like, even if they are terrible, like, they could just fraud XG and be fine. So, like, there's there's room. There, this is me back justifying when you hear what number I put them in. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> if they make the playoffs. If they no, make the no, playoffs in think, your list. Okay. I don't think so. I, I have them in eight. I just think there's like enough teams rebuilding that I think they'll kind of be top of the rebuilding group. I have them in 12. I'm so sorry. I do I just, too. Yeah, I don't know. I just think they're, I just, I don't, I would say like when we watch, I watched the preseason game that they, they broadcasted and it was, it was pretty bleak. So obviously we should not put like stock in preseason but it did not look so good um yeah in that I case maybe that don't well. broadcast the games if that's what you look like do not know i'm just kidding it was it was like pretty it was i mean to be fair some of those players are like they are playing a lot of kids um and some of what happens is just like due to playing like players that were super green so i i'll give them the benefit of the doubt but it, it, it did not look so good um but when they're like when the courage plays that system and like they're on it's so fun to watch so i hope that like at the very least we have a good time um and for their sake i hope the results come and specifically for ariana's sake because um i have to be on the receiving end of the text messages so so for your sake (laughs) no i it makes me sad when you're sad so (laughs) i would like 
I would like them to do well because I want you to be happy also. Yes, it would sense? be very, yes, it would be very sad to watch all the games in person and have them lose all the time. I hope that doesn't happen. But such is soccer. Well, we've made it through all the teams. Um, I'll open the floor. Any last thoughts, big lead wide, league-wide things you're excited about, specific players, somebody you think are just going to stink? Final, final closing thoughts for the group. Yeah, my final thought is, like, basically we just spent, like, two hours talking about all this, and it was great. But, like, at the end of the day, variance rules, and, like, everything we said is probably going to come down to, like, a couple of really horrible injuries, unfortunately, and, like, some luck and, like, maybe some bad weather one day. Like, the margins are just so, so, so thin because of parity in this league that, like, it's almost impossible to to sort of have any strong opinions on how things are going to go and actually trust they're going to roll out the way that you expect them to no the the league table will shake out exactly how i have it i'm pretty sure <laughs> okay nice uh, no i, I am... think that's true yeah for sure i'm most excited for the amount of young players that are gonna play it feels like we are gonna have comparatively few first round picks just rotting on the bench this year and i think this when we're talking about a league that is adding two three maybe four, maybe five, maybe six new franchises over the next however many years, I think you have to make use of, and again, we can argue about like the draft as a mechanism, but it is a way that lots of talent comes into the league. I think it's a really good thing for the league that I look at the first round picks and I'm like, all of them are going to play this year. So that that is what I am excited for. All right, well, we are going to wrap it there. Uh, this was a marathon, so I hope you've got a two-hour commute ahead of you listeners uh, to to get through these really, really incredible previews. Uh, I'm going to thank Ariana and Ariel for jumping out again, and I think, uh, I think we might do this again in the future. You can find these two must-follows, absolute must-follows, uh, at Ariel underscore drawer on Twitter um, and at uh, Cascone Ariana on Twitter. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we will see you in an MLS pod or NWSL pod sometime soon. Thank you very much.